Welcome to episode 192 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I am your host, Patrick Rayhope. You can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And uh, while I am currently broadcasting live from the Pat Cave in the depths of Magenta Manor, uh, I am sadly without my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is uh, battling some sort of space flu. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but uh, she will not be joining me tonight. However, I am joined by a very talented writer, uh, he is uh, the author of the cutest tales of chemical dependency that you will ever see. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Sam Miserandino. Sam, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, thank you for joining me. Um, this is something that you know I've wanted to cover for quite some time, and with the fact that you've got a new, a new uh, uh, addition to your uh, Addicted Animals series, uh, I think this was the perfect time to get you on and talk about it. Yeah, yeah, the... Uh... Third book is coming out. It's scheduled for release March 3rd. Yeah, so just a few days from now. So that's that's awesome. Uh, and you guys were kind enough to uh, send us out an advanced copy so that we could review it. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely right on par with the other ones. Like there's uh, there are definitely little bits and pieces of each one that like really make them stand out. It's not like the same story over and over again, which I really like. So. Uh, what we like to do on the show is a little thing we call getting into character. So I'm going to ask you three random questions. They may or may not have anything to do with uh, writing. Uh, one of them does, but uh, usually we try to kind of just get to know you a little bit, so we try to throw some random stuff at you. So the first one I'm going to ask is what is your favorite writing companion like do you have like music you play in the background or is there like a show that you like to watch or do you have a specific beverage or a snack yeah yeah my writing companion i'd say is a diet pepsi nice nice that's my kind of always i'm sitting with one as i'm doing writing my books or whatever i happen to be working on at the time now, do you have not a, the healthiest companion, but it's a companion. It's it's not terrible, you know. It's not like but oh yeah, I, I have a you know gasoline and whiskey mixed together. It really <laughs> really helps fuel me. Um, right now, is it like a, a you know from a bottle? Is it a can, or is, do you have like a specific glass that you use? Uh, usually, I just I you know I write in different places. So like, I actually believe it or not, I. I do a lot of my writing at a Panera in the mornings. Like I drop my daughter off to school early and I've got like an hour or so before work. So I'll just go there and do some writing. Okay. Cool. Um, Sometimes. Yeah. So just kind of where the opportunity allows itself, but uh, diet Pepsi is the consistent companion. Excellent. Uh, and it seems to be working. I'll say that. <laughs> um, yeah. number... I probably should have said a cocktail of beer in a joint. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, for, uh, for my second question now, as kids, you know, we all look forward to school vacation, you know, when the summer, you know, you have two months off, you get to do whatever you want, but there's always something that you have to do during those vacations. You know, maybe it was when you were younger and you had to go to camp and you hated it, or maybe you were older and you had to get a job that you didn't like. What was your least favorite thing that you had to do during summer vacation as a kid? Uh, probably yard work. Yeah, my my father was absolutely uh, stringent about yard work. It had to be done, and it all had to be done by the time he came home from work. Yeah, yeah, and 
the worst is like you know it's the the hot days and you're you know you're raking the yard after it's been mowed and there's just bees everywhere and like grass right. is sticking to your back oh yeah yeah i'm right there with you that's that's <laughs> the that was the worst yeah um of course you'd work in the yard all day and he'd find the like five things you didn't do Oh yeah, my my dad would be like, "Well, you know, you mowed the lawn, but you didn't mow it in concentric circles." <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's the way I like it done. I'm like, "You're welcome to do it." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, and my third and final question for you is, do you have any irrational fears like, you know, "Oh, I'm terrified of mailboxes" or, you know, something ridiculous like that? Or, you know, if not, that's fine. I mean, if you have completely rational fears, that's fine too, but uh, do you have anything that's yeah, I, irrational? I can't think of any that I have uh, at the moment. I'll, my wife might disagree, but I, as far as I know, I don't think I have any irrational fears. Okay. I mean, not everybody does. I just I figured I'd throw that out there kind of, you know, a little bit of a yeah. curveball question because I, I right. you know, what folks may not realize listening at home is we don't rehearse these questions off air before we do them. Like, this is all... You know, right. right off the cuff, I want to make sure I get some honest answers from you. That's so, my fear, questions that I don't have an answer to. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know if that's irrational. I think that's right, right. that's fairly rational. <laughs> uh, so, all right, that was, uh, that was your getting into character segment. Right. Very easy, very painless. Uh, so what we'll do, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll get right into talking about all of your books and uh, when folks can get them and where. So we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created F is for Family. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. This is Emma. You're listening to Throwdown Thursday. And we are back with Sam Miserandino, and uh, I keep saying we. I, I must be using the royal we. I'm so used to having my wife here. Um, she would definitely be adding more to the conversation, of course, but it's just me today. So first thing I want to say is uh, I got the chance to meet you at uh, Rock and Shock last year. You guys had a booth. I think you guys were directly across from where uh, Witter Entertainment and um, Trick or Treat Radio... And um, outside the cinema war, I think you you were right across from those guys, right? Right, right. And I saw the books, and I was like, "These are awesome!" Because if you're if you're a fan of the you know if you give a mouse a cookie, and then the slightly less popular if you give a moose a muffin, like these are updated for us adults. So the titles of your books are 
if you give a bunny a beer, that was the first one, right? Right. And then follow that up with, if you give a bear a bong. And uh, we are here today because uh, coming next week, as we mentioned, March 3rd, is if you give a kitty a cocktail. And uh, these are really fun. And I think one of the things that makes them uh, as fun as they are is the fact that not only are they, you know, you know, satirical and parodic, uh, the art is really good. Uh, yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about how you uh, – do you always work with uh, Mike Odom, or was this – you know, how did you guys kind of connect? Yeah, no, we've uh, always worked together. He, uh, you know, he was – he and I started Bunny together. Um, I, I basically knew Mike because he did lettering on a graphic novel. It was my very first book. Uh, and Mike also did the cover for it and, uh, you know, his artwork was amazing. And when I had the idea for bunny, I approached Mike and said, Hey, what do you think about this? And he really thought it was a great idea and wanted to work on it. Uh, and you know, we just have a great creative, uh, partnership. Yeah. And that's, uh, definitely something I want to delve into a little bit more because, you know, I would imagine that, um, you know, you come up with an idea and you pitch it to him and then like, you know, do you guys work together like collaboratively or do you work separate and then say, OK, here's what I've got. Here's what I've got. Let's put it together and kind of make changes from there. Yeah, typically what will happen is I'll come up with the idea, like the overall idea and, you know, and then kind of when we have the initial idea, uh, we'll talk about it and kick ideas back and forth. Uh, you know, and Mike's come up with some great ideas, some great lines and some great suggestions. Um, and then I'll write a script and then I'll give Mike the script. And then, you know, and and in the script, I kind of outline what I see visually. And then Mike will kind of work off of that and what does and doesn't work, you know, visually. Um, and then again, if he has any suggestions, cause he's got just some great, really funny ideas, um, in terms of text and so forth. You know, sometimes we'll just kind of have these brainstorming sessions and come up with things like that. Um, for example, he came up with a really funny line in Bear that I am still angry about because it's one of the funniest lines in the book. And it's like, as the artist, he should not have come up with such a funny line. Um, so I'm insisting that because of that, I should get to draw something in one of the future books. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think so. So his line was, if you if you give a bear a bong, he'll ask if you're a cop. Yes. Yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> And I'm still bitter about it, but it's so funny. Well, I, I, I think my favorite line in that is when uh, it's like the meaning of life is, is that a lava lamp? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the part. I, but you're right. That is a good line at the beginning. Like, and that's like how it kicks off. Like, and I really, yeah. I really like that. Um, so now, you know, there's not this isn't a, a, a you know, hundred thousand word book. But I would imagine that, you know, as you guys are going back and forth, you know, with with what you have, uh, your original script might change because it's like, OK, let me, uh, you know, kind of tweak things just a little bit. You know, maybe it's a word here or there, like you add an extra you know, word or like there's an extra beat to it. Um, you know, how much of that happens? How much of the uh, the original script changes based on? Uh, you guys collaborating together? Um, not a lot, actually. Like, like 
once I'm sitting down and writing the script, it's sort of after, like, you know, Mike and I will have a brainstorming session. Um, you know, we're very, and I think it works well into the pacing of the book. So, like, you know, we want, like, a joke to fall at a certain point on a page turn so that the next one page will lead up to it. So we coordinate a lot in terms of making sure the visuals and the text work that way. Um, so sometimes it'll be a matter of sort of just restructuring where the text goes so that it sets the joke up properly. And that makes sense because like as I went through these, you know, there are there are certain parts where like there's no there's no uh, there's no writing. There's no dialogue type, uh, you know, interaction with the characters. But it, like it's got that it's still got that great like rhythm to the story you know right. and you know it's it's not like you know it's it doesn't rhyme it's not a poem but there's still that rhythm to the story which i really really appreciate like not a lot of people can do that and that's something that i think you guys pull off you know and it's difficult when it's two different people like if you like you know what i was thinking of earlier was uh, dr seuss you know where he writes and illustrates all of his stuff right. you know it's a lot easier but when it's two separate people with two separate ideas I think you guys work really well together because you're able to maintain that uh, that rhythm, you know, throughout the story. And, you know, you want to see what happens next. Uh, and you mentioned that, uh, you know, he worked on the graphic novel you did. And that, I, I assume that is the Prince of Pieces uh, right, story. Right. And that brings me to one of my next points is some of the background details that you have in, uh, in, the, in these... Uh, in these illustrations, you know, there's a, a part in Bear where he's tearing apart trying to find where his bong is, which is funny. Like, I, I right. appreciate the way you guys did that whole thing. Because if you've ever been around somebody that's like, oh, my God, where's my bong? Because, I mean, I've I've done this myself where it's like, I don't know where my phone is. And I'm on the phone talking to someone. Right, right. And I'm looking around <laughs> like, where the hell did I leave it? Um, you know, there's one of the things that gets knocked down or is found under the couch is that uh, that book, and I thought that was a really nice touch. Now, was that his idea or was that your idea? No, that was mine. Like, I, I, I wanted to have Prince of Pieces in all the bunny books or all the addicted animal books. So at the beginning of If You Give a Bunny a Beer, Bunny's going through a recycling bin and Prince of Pieces is in there. <laughs> Um, you know, it's in Bear and then in Kitty when the cat, there's a scene where the cats knock over a little magazine holder. Mm -hmm. The Prince of Pieces is one of the books that falls out. Because um, I really like the idea having, of having that kind of thread. Um, and even down to like where the beer that Bunny drinks is the same beer that this truck driver drinks in Prince of Pieces. So I, I like that connectedness through stories. Yeah, it makes it, you know, it's like this clear, everything takes place in the same universe. It's all the same uh, type of thing. Uh, reminds me a lot of, I don't know how familiar you are with the comic strip, ugh, comic strip Foxtrot by Bill Amend, mm -hmm. but there's always like little things like that that he sticks in the background for folks that really want to notice it. And I think stuff like that really helps set uh, set you guys apart from, you know, all these, cause there's, there's a million people that do this, right. but like you have to get it just right. And I think you guys have done a really, really great job. 
Um, well, thank you. So I did that one. Let's but, see. You, you know, it's funny. It's something you mentioned earlier about the the pages without any text. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really funny when we first when we did Bunny, which was our first book. You know, I, I didn't want any text in like the first six pages or five pages, however many it is. And Mike was kept saying, oh, that's too long without words. You, you should probably just put something in there. And I thought it was so funny that here we have the artist wanting more text and the writing not wanting any text or the writer not wanting any. So it's definitely it a change of pace. Yeah. But again, the way you guys collaborate, you collaborate so well and, you know, it works. Like there's a lot of times people will try to do something that's like, you know, edgy and experimental just to be edgy and experimental. It's like, oh, I'm going to have this this comic book and there's going to be no words in it. And, you know, it's going to be. But it works because, I mean, you never show like the animals really speaking like there's no like. I mean, there is one in, in Bear, which I thought, again, was really funny. The the please help me uh, speech mm -hmm. balloon. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, it's like this third person omniscient storytelling. And it's done really, really well. So my next question is, and because I was curious about this when uh, I was reading these. Uh, do the animals have names? No. Okay, no, I didn't know just... if there was something that you had, you know, in the back of your mind, like, oh, that cat's name is Mittens, or... Yeah, no, no, it's just Bunny, Bear, and Kitty. Like, even, you know, when we go back and forth, and in my notes, it's always just whatever the animal is, that's their name, basically. Excellent. All right. Uh, so, obviously, the next question has to be, what, you know, made you come up with this? Like, where where did this whole idea stem from? Um, well, it was definitely inspired from, uh, if you give a, uh, a, a pig and pancake was actually the book okay. that, uh, because that when my son was young, that was his favorite book. Uh, I read it to him a million times. You know, his, his first full sentence was, if you give a pig a pancake. Um, and just one night after, you know, reading it so many times, I, I said to my wife, wouldn't this be so much funnier and so much more fun if it was if you give a bunny a beer? And she said, you know, that would be. And she said, you should write it. And and I did. You know, I just kind of ran from, you know, ran with it. And uh, that's that's how Bunny sort of came to life. Now, when you uh, when you would read this and you would read this over and over and over, did you ever, you know, change things on the fly or or was he just like no no I'm not having that you have to read it verbatim every time yeah, no. he, he 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 was a, a very sharp kid at an early age so if I changed anything he would know and he would not have been happy so I, I, <laughs> I didn't get to experiment with him okay so you know overall like what got you into writing like you know you you have the the graphic novel um, and you all your stuff on Amazon is is uh, very well reviewed. Like Prince of Pieces is four and a half stars. If you give a bunny a beer, five stars. If you give a bear a bong, four and a half. Like I don't understand how they're not all five stars, mm -hmm. but uh, there's always that one jerk that's like, oh, it didn't. <laughs> this is corrupting children. It's like it's not for right. kids. Like, but uh, what what got you into writing in general? And then, uh, you know, how far do you think you're going to take this series? Um, well, I've I've just. 
always loved writing. You know, I can't even think of anything that, you know, I, I when I was younger, I always loved reading. Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoyed reading a lot. Um, so then it was just a natural progression to want to create works on my own. Um, you know, so I've probably been writing since I was 12. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was only with these books that I've been fortunate enough to get my writing out there on a, on a wider scale. Um, so, yeah. yeah I've... I was going to say, yeah, like that's, you know, that's always a goal, especially if you're, you know, I, I find that, you know, a lot of people who like to write are folks who like to read because you have this, you know, imaginative curiosity about you where it's like, oh, I really like the story, but... You know, did you ever find yourself reading like some of your favorite stories as a kid and thinking like, man, you know, I wish he had gone left instead of right. Like what's down that hallway, you know, like and right. stuff like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, I've, I've certainly done that with writing and I, I do it a lot, obviously, as I'm sure most people do with movies as well, where I just think, boy, you know, this would have been so much tighter and sharper if it had been taken in this direction. Uh so who knows? Now maybe I'm being subjected to that where people will read something I wrote and say, gee, if only he had done that. I think that's uh, the sign of a well-done piece of art, you know, whether it's writing or drawing or, you know, directing a film, where if you can get someone to think critically about what you're watching as opposed to just absorbing it and then just not thinking about it again. Right, you know. right. So what were what were some of the books you read as a kid that kind of contributed to your love of writing or kind of like inspired you when you were younger? Probably the biggest was Edgar Allan Poe. I just I loved Edgar Allan Poe's works. I, you know, at a young age, I read all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I read his complete works. I loved his poetry. Um, so, you know, probably like a lot of tortured adolescents, my first toe dip into the world of writing was with tortured adolescent poetry um and then i kind of moved on from there uh kind of realized i wasn't sufficiently tortured and that i was funnier than i was tortured so now are there uh specific comic strips that kind of you know lent towards your uh your writing style for for the addicted animal series like was there you know certain stuff that you read as a kid that you're like you know this this is great for me like I want to keep reading this stuff because this definitely, you know, feeds into, you know, my right into my wheelhouse, my uh, my sense of humor wheelhouse. Well, the, you know, the comics I was drawn to as a kid were sort of a mix. I mean, I loved horror, so I loved creepy and eerie, which were big back then. And then, uh, of course, mad, which, you know, is fantastic. Um in terms of the writing style for these books, though, um, it really was more inspired by the actual books. Like, I really wanted to capture the cadence of a mm -hmm. kid's book, um, and that was really important to me, so that it, so that it would feel like a kid's book in terms of just, you know, kids' books just have a certain rhythm to the language, and I, I just really wanted to capture that. Yeah, and I think you've done that uh, really well, where. You know, like I said earlier, you know, you have that specific rhythm, like as you're reading the story, like it flows really, really well. And, you know, obviously the, the art that goes along with it is really well done. But there's a uh, it's I'm, I'm having a hard time articulating what I want to say here. It's 
you you definitely capture that feel of a kid's book, but you definitely see that it's aimed towards, you know, adults. You're like, yeah, you know, you're reading, you know, if you give a kid a cocktail, like, yep, I know that girl. Like, you're reading, you know, right. if you give a bear a bong, like, yeah, that's my cousin Joe. You know, like, you, <laughs> you know these people as you're reading through, and if, if you don't know who they are, they're you. So, <laughs> like, I don't know anybody like this. This is weird. <laughs> Right. Well, well, that's always like one of the greatest compliments I'll get because I do, you know, like rock and shock. I do a lot of conventions and people will, you know, stand there and read them. And, uh, you know, it's always such a great compliment when someone will say, how did you know so much about me? You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know it's like, oh, well, I definitely hit that. Now, uh, what other conventions do you do you do? Like, I don't know if you're uh, like where you're located um because I mean, Rock and Shock, we have people come in from all over the place. Um, right. But you know, um, yeah, what... I'm from Buffalo. Um, I do, you know, I, I do a lot in Massachusetts. Like I do Fan Expo in Boston. Um, I do Fan Expo in Toronto. Uh, I've done um, Erie Comic Con. Uh, you know, I, I used to hit a lot of the Walker Stalker conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, so hit quite a few. Do you have anything uh, upcoming for the rest of this year? Yeah, I'm doing. Um, oh, I've got quite a few. I've got, I'm doing Northeast Comic Con in Boxborough. Okay. Um, March 13th through 15th, and then I'm doing Steel City in Pittsburgh in April. And then I think I'm doing one in a uh, Walker Stalker in New Jersey, and uh, I think me. Okay. Yeah, because we definitely want to make sure that if folks are in the area, they get out and you know if they they're not able to get this on Amazon. Uh, I think it was you that posted something on Amazon about uh, if you uh, give a, you know, the the bunny book at, that it was going for like upwards of like two hundred dollars at at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what was what was going on with that? Well, what happened is before like my current publisher is Skyhorse Publishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I was published through a, a smaller indie publisher and in, based out of Seattle. Um, and that was Creator's Edge Press. Uh, and, you know, so that run of that book basically no longer is available. And apparently uh, <laughs> they're selling for quite a bit because the books that are selling for that much on eBay are um, Creator's Edge Press versions, um, which was that the publisher who I initially had. See. Um, so, you know, they're a little different. They're... Uh, so I guess they're collector's items. <laughs> I mean, all mine are signed, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of mine. So right, <laughs> <laughs> like you signed them right there while we, while we picked them up. So right, no, I'm, I'm well, glad. You know, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh well, the creators. It's kind of funny because the creators Edge Press versions, um, on the back of those, uh, you know, if you give a bunny a beer, was the only one we did through Creators Edge Press, and is a joke. Uh, I put books that didn't exist, but that I thought would be funny to create the impression that there was this addicted animal series. And and that joke is what led to the creation of Bear and then Kitty, because those were two of the joke books, the, you know, covers of books that didn't exist that we put on the back of the bunny book. That's amazing. It's, it's, a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy right there. Yeah. Well, well it was interesting because when my agent was pitching bunny to publishers and they ultimately pitched it to skyhorse uh 
he was he had the creator's edge press version and you know the, the publisher said well we we want this bunny book but we also want him to write that bear book so so that worked out well that yeah. you know nothing nothing but positive uh positive returns for you right now do you have more in mind you know like if you give a hamster a hit of ecstasy or something like that right yeah we've got um well there, we've got another one coming out in uh spring of 2020 so that's already uh in the works excellent uh, if you give a dog a doobie <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Dog's a different kind of stoner than bear, so it'll be. Yeah, it, it really works. I'm real happy with it. Um, and then we've got a couple others that we would really like to do. So we just have to see if you know where it goes in terms of the publisher. Um, one they've repeatedly refused to do, and it's the third one that was on the back of if you the original. If you give a bunny a beer, um, I, I keep pushing them, but. I can't convince them. So it's, it's uh, if you give a panda Percocet, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can. Oh, I, I could see that. I mean, there's so many, you know, different, you know, uh, avenues that you could pursue with these with this series, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> you know, and it's it's fun that there's a lot of different drugs that you could get with like these alliterative names. Now, when you're doing the research for these books, now, is this personal experiences like, like, oh, this is my buddy Dave from high school and, you know, or, you know, like, oh, man, like, I know this group of, of, of ladies. They were having brunch, you know, one day when my family and I were out and, like, they inspired. If you give a kitty a cocktail, like, right. where where does this come from or is this just, like you know, almost like a, a, a stereotypical, like, this is how it's portrayed everywhere, you know, and I'm just going to run with it type thing. You know, it, it really comes from a mix of, of you know, because I really want to try to stay away from stereotypes because I want to keep it authentic mm -hmm. and, and relatable, you know, and I, and I think if you're just doing, quote unquote, like stereotypical stoner jokes or stereotypical drunk jokes, then you kind of lose the edge. It lacks authenticity. Um, hmm? it, it would lack um, authenticity. Right. And, and, and that's one thing that I'm really happy with the books is that, again, the response like I get from people at convention, conventions is just how authentic it is and how, you know, either it's them or it's somebody they know, mm -hmm. um, you know, which I think goes beyond just like this, you know, the sort of two dimensional stereotypes. Um, but mostly, I, you know, I either draw from personal experience, which I've had some, uh, and, and, and then certainly from observing people, you know, just observing people I know. And, and then, you know, hearing stories about, you know, my wife describing nights she's gone out for cocktails and, you know, the boorish guys who approach or the, you know, the sort of general trend of the conversation and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, it, it doesn't seem like you just, you know, kind of sat back and, you know, like, oh, this this will sell. Like, you know, it's like it's, it has that touch of, you know, there's there's something, you know, inherently, like, personal to it. You know, it's not like this was me in high school, you know, right. like this is every one of these things is something that I've done. 
But like you can definitely tell that there is a it rings true to these situations, which is why I think, you know, because we all have that one friend or family member that's like, you know, it's like, yeah, he he lost the bong for 15 minutes while he was holding it. Like (laughs) and he tore apart my living room. And then the next morning he was sitting there making brownies. Right, right. You know, know, everybody's got that friend that, you know, comes home high and and through their uh, throws a frozen pizza in the in the oven. And four hours later, it's still frozen because I never turned it on. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Well, I I really want to thank you for, you know, joining me today, because this was you know, this was something that uh, when we met you guys back in October, I was like, oh, this this would make an excellent episode. And it just it never really came to pass until it's like oh you've got this new one coming out like this is perfect like we have to get you on because people need to know about this like this stuff is really funny like a couple of my friends picked up both of the books as well and they're just like this is so good like this this is the best i mean you guys have a great display too you know you have the big banners and like you walk by like if you give oh wow like (laughs) because everyone's familiar with at least one of those but i'll be honest i'd never heard of if you give a a, a pig a pancake i knew the Mm -hmm. moose muffin and the if you give a mouse a cookie i remember those two uh but even moose was like kind of past you know my time so before we uh completely wrap up um tell folks where they can find you you know uh you mentioned you're going to be at some cons you know do you have social media, websites, stuff like that, where they can buy yeah. the book uh, that'll benefit you the most? Like, cause most people get it on Amazon, but if you sell it on your website or something, you know. Right. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're available on Amazon, of course. Uh, they're also being carried in store in Barnes & Noble. Uh, you know, I certainly like it when people buy it from there because it's nice to see this sort of, you know, sales numbers go up and then that encourages the bookstores to continue restocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I sell them. You know, they're pretty much available anywhere books are sold. Uh, interestingly enough, even Walmart is carrying uh, if you give a bear a bong online. That's uh, awesome. Which I. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I and then again, I do a lot of conventions, and I've got a Facebook page for under the name of the book. If you give a bunny a beer, and if you give a bear a bong. Um, and I always post when I'm going to be at, at conventions on those pages. Uh, and we've got an Instagram page. On, uh, it's Addicted Animal Series. Excellent. And we'll uh, we'll make sure that we provide links to all of your stuff in our groups as well. And feel free at any time, you know, you have something coming up, please post in our group because I'll share that to we, the whole network that we're on. Uh, you know, try to get you as much, uh, you know, as many eyeballs on, on your on your work as possible. Um, I do notice you're wearing a, uh, if you give a bear a bong hoodie, uh, yeah, I can stand up if, uh, and where, uh, where is there a place for folks to get these? Uh, these right now are more like special order. Uh, so if somebody is interested in like, I have, if you give a bear a bong sweatshirts, t-shirts that I can have made. Uh, but right now I just have them made to order. Um, so if someone's interested, they can just message me on, uh, on Facebook, either through the, you know, through the, uh, sites for the, uh, if you give a bear a bong or if you give a bunny a beer and then I can have one made for them. Excellent. Well, Sam, thank you very much for, for joining me today. And, uh, we will definitely be posting a lot more about 
all three of the books, and uh, Great, you are absolutely welcome to come back when uh, book number four comes out all in right. the spring, because uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Great. So, well, thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. I'm glad uh, you were able to take the time, and I'm glad we were able to learn a lot more about this series, like where you're coming from with it. So thank you very much, and uh, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, star of Sci-Fi Channel's Megalodon. This is Emma. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. Hey guys, this is James Thomas, director of Megalodon. Hi guys, this is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. And you're listening to Patsy the Angry Nerd and Ashes Von Nightmare. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, the bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons, I don't know, help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibans. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplage. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retro Octopus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. A problem. Hey. They might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroreductopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar podcast networks, with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. Patrick Rayhall in the motherfucking house. Patrick Rayhall in the motherfucking house. Patrick Rayhall in the motherfucking house. And we are back in the motherfucking house. We this time, and uh, I am in the motherfucking house. So, uh, Ashes, say hi. Hi. Ashes has uh, recovered from uh, her space plague. It wasn't space plague. It's wine flu. From space. There's no. Agent Nicole did stuff in space. Yeah, she goes to space jail. I do stuff out yeah, but we work, in Napa. But we work I was with Nicole. Sick, so I had to take a Napa. We work with Nicole, and she just got back from space, and she spread space plague all over the place. It's wine flu. Out in space, all it over the wine place. Wine flu, and I had to go take Star a Napa. Wars. I want to take a nap. But Do you uh, get it? Do yes, get I get it. Yeah, you can Napa take a nap in a valley. Yes, yes. 
funny. Yeah. So I'm really bummed, though, that we, uh, well, not we, I, that I missed our guest. Yeah, Sam Sam was a good dude and uh, obviously uh, created a, a fantastic series of uh, of books that I absolutely recommend. And uh, I think we're going to do a contest and uh, we're going to give a couple away. Oh. So... Um, because we want to get as many eyeballs on this as possible, what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, a contest where if you are out and about and you see a uh, <clears throat> a copy of any one of Sam's books, whether it's if you give a bunny a beer, if you give a bear a bong, or if you give a kitty a cocktail, uh, take a picture of it and uh, send it to us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, with the hashtag addicted animals and uh everybody every time you do that we'll be we'll put you into a drawing and we'll do the the wheel of names that I like to do when we uh when we draw prizes and whoever wins uh gets a copy of all three books that's pretty great so that's it's a really good deal so make sure you're out there Barnes and Noble has it uh different Different uh, retailers, pretty much anywhere you can get books. So if you have a bookstore near you, go out, take some pictures, and uh, tag us at TD Thursday Pod on Instagram. Uh, nope. Nope, that's, that's Twitter. Twitter. Throwdown Thursday Podcast on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, obviously, Facebook. And uh, I think that's about, that's that's all we got. We don't have, like, a Tumblr or a a, what the fuck a, a is a Tumblr? It's I, I don't know. It's a it's Tumblr. Tumble a seesaw. No, a seesaw. A roly poly. I've seen saw. I hope to see the new saw, which is called Spiral. But uh, so we are waiting until the last minute to uh, make sure we get as many votes in as possible, because we have battle results. Ashes. Yeah. What do we have battle results for? We have battle results for the battle. Yeah, and what what's the battle? It was a battle. Which which is a battle. So you don't want to tell anybody what the battle is? So what we did last week, actually the past couple of weeks, is we did something a little different, which I think worked out really, really well. So we teamed up with the our our octopals at Retro Redoctopus. And they did the preliminary battles. So they had their episode about cereal and their favorite cereals from their childhoods and a bunch of stuff that I had even forgotten about. So it's a great episode. So if you haven't listened to it yet, definitely do that. But they did all of the preliminary stuff. So it was all of these cereals that they threw down and you had to choose whether it was killer, like, yeah, that cereal's amazing, or filler, that cereal's kind of like it was sawdust there and I would in eat the it. box. I yeah. would eat it, but it wasn't my favorite. I would eat it when my parents bought it for me, but it wasn't my first choice, or my second choice, or probably even my third choice. Uh, so anyways, they tallied up all of those votes, gave us all of the killer cereals, and we put pinned all of the killer cereals against each other and asked you throw downers out there who which who what 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 am i doing which is Where your favorite I? cereal which cereal is your favorite so it's the great cereal throwdown and you could choose from 
There's a lot here, so bear with me. <gasps> Waffle Crisp, Cocoa Pebbles, Fruit Loops, Booberry from the Monster Cereal, Count Chocula, Count Alfred Chocula, uh, from the Monster Cereal, Frosted Flakes, Fruity Pebbles, or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And the runaway here, there was really no other cereal that came close as far as votes. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, Cinnamon Toast Crunch more than doubled uh, Fruity Pebbles in second place. Like, it wasn't even close. There were some, some folks were a little confused in the uh, in the voting because, you know, they- They, they don't were, know how to follow directions. They weren't sure why, you know, because I posted this in a whole bunch of groups, so not everyone listened to both shows. Which you totally should do. But some folks are like, oh, how come this cereal isn't there? And how come this cereal isn't there? And it's like, well, because that wasn't one of the ones that, uh, you know, we can't do all of them. But it wasn't one of the ones that was featured on Retro Redoctopus. So therefore, it was not in our battle. So a huge thank you to our Octopals at Retro Redoctopus for helping us with this battle. Thank you to all of you Retroys who voted in the groups. And all of you Throwdowners who helped us throw down this battle. Yeah, and I want to thank some of the groups that uh, let us post in uh, in their in their groups. Uh, you know, there was uh, Geek Life HQ, um, Geektopia, obviously the Dorkening, Amalgamania, Throwdown Thursday, Retro Redoctopus. There are a lot of groups that uh, you know are, are cool enough to let us uh, post post stuff uh, as a, uh, a feature in their uh, nerdy geeky. Uh, fiefdom i guess i don't know if it's a fiefdom i just wanted to use that word but um ashes you uh you received something in the mail today did you not i received a lot of stuff in the mail today do you not want to talk about what you received in the mail today and kind of promote it or i can um so i recently made a purchase of a little baby of uh biohazard proportions so a friend of ours online, her name is Veronica, and she's super talented, makes these biohazard babies. That is her uh, her art. And it's amazing. So if you go to www.biohazardbabies.com, spelled exactly as you would spell biohazard babies, you can see all of her incredible art. She takes these dolls, these typical average baby dolls, and upscales them to these torturous, gruesome, toxic, just amazing works of art. And I, I, she posted one last week and I immediately fell in love and I just had to have it. Yeah. Like they're really cool. Like she'll go to like yard sales and stuff and find old dolls and she'll repurpose them. You know, she'll take them apart. She'll clean them. She'll add stuff to them, you know, paint or or other accessories. It's really, really cool. She does some really great work. So yeah, she's got a, a, what, an Etsy store? Yeah, she does Etsy as well, but if you just go to biohazardbabies.com, you can find all of her work. Yeah, and she sells this stuff all the time. Like it's it's really cool. She does um, a lot She's of great also work. on Instagram under the handle biohazardbabies. So if you just search for that on Instagram, she'll come up. Uh, if you search for Biohazard Babies on Facebook, it'll bring you to her personal page. So, you know, you can always look her up there as well. But if you just go to biohazardbabies.com, 
It has all of the little, the cute little babies, the little little zombie babies and Dracula babies. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to give her a shout out because not only did it arrive today and you were like smitten, but she's also an ardent supporter of independent creators. As uh, yeah, she's amazing well. and just incredibly, incredibly talented. I'm, I'm the pictures that she posted. Obviously, I fell in love instantly, but you know, actually receiving it in the mail and seeing it you know in my hands you know with my own two eyes i was just the pictures did not do it justice it's just incredible it's it's an incredible piece of art and i can't wait to find a really good place to display it yeah yeah because it's it's really cool i named her toxic tina and the outfit that that she's in is super red with the uh, rainbow puking cloud she's making her everything is okay face um but I think that's that's about it with what's going on. Well, we have something coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm sure you're going to want to talk about. Oh no, I, I was going to. I'm just saying, like you know, for right now, that's pretty much what we've got going on. Uh, but yeah, in a couple of weeks, we have the massive six seven show Dorketing crossover event, uh, all centered on Castlevania, and we're going to be chatting with uh, our good friend and. Super hardcore Castlevania fan uh, James Lamond of It Came From The 508 Studios. So he's going to join us and uh, help alleviate some of the uh, gaps in our knowledge because he's just a huge fan. Like, I enjoy it. I enjoy the show and the games, but I just don't have the depth of knowledge that other folks have. And I have no idea what it is, so I'm going to have a lot of research to do. Oh, we're going to watch I'm looking the show. forward to it, though. I really am. Everyone seems really excited about it, which makes me excited about it. So I'm very excited about it. And you're excited, especially because I told you it's like graphically violent. I love really graphically violent things. So, yeah, if, if there are some very gruesome, just bloody scenes involved, I know I'm going to like it. Yeah, it's demons and vampires and witch burnings and whatnot. It's uh, it's it's. Pretty Sounds like rad. a family reunion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that's that's pretty much what we have going on right now. That's what we're going to be dedicating our next couple of weeks to. Um, not sure what we're doing yet next week. We haven't decided yet. We have a couple of topics we're juggling. We don't need to let them know that. We've been over this. We don't have to be all like, we don't know what we're doing next week. It's stay tuned, guys. We have an exciting episode coming up next week. Well, that's what I was going to get to. It's a mystery. Like, we're telling you what's going to happen in a couple It's so weeks, mysterious. Don't we know. don't even know what we're doing. You don't know what's going on next you week. You don't know what's going on next week. I don't know what's going on right now. Clearly, you don't. I need a nap. Yes, you do. You and need to take a napa. I need a Maybe napa. you're coming down with wine flu. I don't know. I think I have some sort of space plague. I don't know. Finrot? Finrot. That's probably what it is. It's ick. You have ick. I have ick. <laughs> we didn't clean your tank. You have the ick. But uh, I did, before I forget, uh, Veronica was also super nice and sent me a little shark that when you squeeze him, a little guy pops out of the shark's mouth. A little mouth. pops it's out of the so shark's cool. mouth. It's so cool. And she was like, oh, I made it for you so you could have, you know, you could have a present too. And I was like, you are the fucking best. So... Uh, it's already in a, a place of honor up on the uh, the shelf above where we record. So it's in the the Sharknasium. Yes, it's not in the Shark Shrine because it's small and it would get lost with all the other big sharks. But it's up next to uh, some other little collectibles and things that I have. 
So I'll have to post a picture of that because uh, my area is pretty fun. There's like a lot of random stuff in there. But uh, yeah, so I think that's about it. I think that's what we've got covered this week. Ash, did you have anything else that you wanted to add because uh, you didn't get a chance to chat with Sam? Anything else you want to bring up, talk about this week? Uh, if you give a kitty a cocktail is like my life story. It's so, so good. It's so good. Definitely uh, check that out. So the the bear with the bong is great, and the bunny with the beer is just freaking adorable. But like the kitty with the cocktail, just I, I think she's like my spirit animal. She um she speaks to me on a spiritual level. Definitely your favorite. I just I, I I'm reading through it and I'm just like girl same same you know <laughs> been there done that so uh these make really great coffee table books mind you you know they're simple reads but there's so much fun and the art i'm hoping you had the opportunity to talk about the oh we art talked a lot this, about the books. art how the art and the, the because the it's, story itself oh my goodness it's just it's perfection it's mm-hmm. so good and See, you'll definitely no, you'll definitely want to add these to your collection. They definitely make a good conversation piece as well. So when you do have people over, you just kind of spread them out on your coffee table. It makes for really good talking points. Like, oh, what's this? Oh, well, you don't know. You should read. Um, I mean, you should just read anyways because you know reading is good for you. But reading is fundamental. Yes. Uh, but yeah, these these books are great. So if you haven't checked them out, you definitely should. But yeah, by far my favorite so far because I heard rumors that there's going to be more coming out. Mm-hmm. But my favorite for now, by far, is Kitty with a Cocktail. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So so yeah, make sure if you're uh, you keep an eye on our page because we will be posting when Sam is going to be at different conventions. And if you're in the area, definitely go check him out, buy some of his stuff, support him. And I think with that being said, we will, we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.